Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Okay, here we go with another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy, I'm Ian Canfield. This is season two, episode... Oh, man, I was supposed to count again. Yeah, but... I think 60, actually. Jeremy ate an edible this morning, uh, so anything could happen. That's the other thing. I told you this morning, it was like 45 minutes ago. <laughs> it's like just now kicking in. A little bit of behind-the-scenes technical uh, insight to the Did you America podcast. Uh, I won't ex- bother explaining why, but basically uh, part of the uh, the editing version of the oh, You just moved your keys away. Are they starting to freak you out on the dining room table? armrest. Oh, but dear. Yes. <laughs> what are those, man? <laughs> right. Um, you have to... Uh, one of us has to clap for the purposes of editing and recording for this podcast. So normally before uh, we we, uh, we start recording, Jeremy claps, I'm a right? I'm clapper. Well, not to... Uh, it, it, was, it was the weakest clap. Like, I made him clap three times. I uh, missed the first two times. You know, like, they say when you high-five your friend, you're supposed to look at the elbow. Right. You're, what do you do when you're clapping your own hand right you can't look at your own elbows so my response to that was have you suddenly become limp-wristed since i last saw you on monday but no i think it's just the fact that you had an edible that's definitely it this should be a fun podcast (sighs) okay here we go everybody uh lots to uh discuss today in the podcast uh fans of the new segment cock talk will be be pleased to know that it's back today Uh, perfect i mean i'm not doing a search for cock on the internet if to enable this particular segment they just keep on being stories about people that we like to discuss they find us the cock finds us absolutely i'm almost getting to the point now where you know the drunk producer that makes the intro that, yeah. that, that that plays at the start of the podcast? I think I might need to uh, message him and say, if you can sober up for long enough to give us a second little bit of production, could you come up with something for Cock Talk? I'm intrigued. If I don't give him any guidance and I just, because he doesn't listen to this podcast, right. I just, because he's too drunk, I just say to him, do whatever you think is appropriate. The segment's called Cock Talk. When he's like, done two bottles of jack daniels in a day i wonder what kind of creative I response it, like the first thing that pops into my head is kind of like daytime talk show intro theme like a lot of saxophone like real jazzy and upbeat that's it <laughs> <laughs> okay so kind of like kenny g does cock talk yes kenny g knows all about cock talk my other issue with uh, something that's already happened today is that uh, as you'll know if you're a regular listener to did you america uh, we record these podcasts uh, in my kitchen um recently there was a uh, a theft of multiple bikes from my apartment building i don't i have a bike so i don't even know where the bike storage room is but apparently there is one and uh, some people broke into it about two weeks ago vandalized the room and stole a bunch of bikes so the people who run my apartment building sent an email to all of the residents letting us know this happened and basically saying uh if you see anyone you don't know trying to gain access to the building don't let them in and wait what- hold on time out real quick so 
as opposed to just breaking in and stealthily stealing the bikes, they like destroyed the room to let you know they did this and they were there. Well, the thing is with Deep Ellum, it's very arty. So I guess even the thieves are arty. Right, so they, 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 wanted, they were like, yeah, we're, we're going to steal the bikes, but we will leave you a mural. If I was a bike thief, I feel like I would leave. Like, you know how like uh, serial killers, like real criminals, like they have a sign, they have something that they leave. At right. The, I would do that even as a bike thief. Yeah, this is the, 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 the thieves were like, we're going to steal about five bikes, but we will leave you a Banksy was the kind of the, the gist of it, I guess. I don't know the extent to which they vandalized the room. As I said, I don't have a bike, so I, I don't even know where the uh, where, where the bike room is. But I do know that we're not supposed to allow strangers into the building. And there's a, a, a very secure camera entry system. You buzzed my apartment. It rings on my phone and I let you into the building. Only I didn't have to do that this morning because another resident let you in. And don't take any offense at this, but you look fucking homeless and, 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 and that resident like you, you should now, now I've informed you of this it's now your if that ever happens again you should say to the resident the, the, the resident who's not following the apartment building guidelines hang on a minute Take a look at me. Do you not read the emails from the front office? Ma'am, do you think I own a home here? <laughs> I had no offense taken. I do look homeless. I showed up today in sweatpants, like shorts, a t-shirt that barely fits me, and my hair is braided. Now, before you try and uh, cancel me, I'm not saying every homeless person is a thief, but when there has been a break into the bike storage room and the guidance is don't let anyone in who you don't know, you certainly shouldn't let in anyone who who, who might look like the homeless. The I, th This takes me back to, and I wish I could remember her name, there was a comedian and... Um, I might be encouraging people to unearth something from a few years ago that could then cancel this comedian, but she had a stand-up thing on uh, Netflix, and one of the big bits of the stand-up was that she kept on sleeping with homeless people, confusing them <laughs> for hipsters. And it was kind of like a whole skit on yeah. homeless or hipster. And she tells it in a much better, long-winded way, but the, the, the sort of reoccurring punchline is... And then, uh, yeah, I woke up and, uh, you know, it'd been a good night and the sex was great and I made them breakfast and they basically said, uh, oh, thanks for giving me some, some food. Now I'm off to my tent down the street kind of thing. <laughs> you, what's weird is most people who look like me, you know, they would be hipsters. But me, I'm hoping people just think I'm homeless. I don't want to be associated with that side of the argument. <laughs> I, I was even weirded out, though, when the girl let me in. Like, I went up to the keypad to, you know, put in your apartment number yeah. and call you or whatever. And it did. It started ringing. But then the girl just walked by me and opened the door and then gave me a look like, you coming? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to, like... Like a nerd, let the door close and be like, I follow the rules, man. Even if you turned up with some paint and claimed that you were here to do a new mural, which they love in Deep Ellum, I would still take a look at you and go, you probably stole that paint. <laughs> I have a... I have a friend, Caitlin, who she... The Caitlin, who's going to save California? Yes, oh, one, my God! Send us some merch, uh, Caitlin! That, Caitlin, it's oh. Caitlin with a K. I think she spells it with a C. Yes. And she's also married to my friend, the guy who constantly poops his pants. Oh, okay. So she has a thing, which is weird, because she dates a pants pooper, is married to a pants pooper. Right. But Did she find him when he was homeless, pooping yes, his pants? Yes, pretty much. Her thing is she is obsessed with following rules. Like, she cannot break rules. She will not allow herself to do it. So if she was in that scenario, 
she's the only person on earth who would have let the door close and continued calling the apartment again to let you in. Well, she Otherwise, should, anyone else is going to do what I did and just walk she, on through. She, she should move in. I tell you, this apartment <laughs> building, they're very big on rules and regulations. They sent around an email last week saying that uh, now summer's here. They still need to restrict numbers at the pool. So if you're going to be by the pool, you've got to wear a wristband to show that you're a resident. You can't have a load of friends around, um, which I'm all for because the pool has at least 50 to 100 people on the weekend. I don't like there being more than five people out by the pool, so, I, so I'm all for that. So if we've got to follow the rules with the wristbands and there's going to be a bouncer for the pool like they have on weekends, oh, then, awesome. we, then we need... Oh, it, uh, when I... Fa- that bouncer first upset me because I lost my wristband and they charged me $50 for another one. So I was a little bit angry that I was... It was like trying to get into an elite nightclub, but all I was trying to do was access the pool that I pay for as part of my rent. It's part of the amenities that they, they sell you on when you move into the apartment building. But I would the, 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 at that time, after he told me I couldn't come in and I was about to argue with Paul Bouncer, he then completely diffused the situation by pointing to my Iron Maiden t-shirt and going, nice shirt. And then we had a conversation about the Fear of the Dark album and then I, suddenly I was like, okay. That's the one way into your heart. That and or Steely Dan. Absolutely. If Maybe I, Columbo as well. If I went down there... And uh, I was wearing my T-shirt that doesn't say Steely Dan on it. It's in the Steely Dan Asia album font, and it just says Fagan and Becker, just their names. Yeah. If I was wearing that, and the uh, the pool bouncer said, "Ah." Oh, I love the Asia album. I would get on my knee and propose. <laughs> right then and there. Oh my God, I'd be like... I'll never go to this pool again, sir. <laughs> I'd be like, you like Iron Maiden and Steely Dan? Basically, the interpretation I had in my mind was that he, as the pool bouncer, can't stand anyone ever being at the pool because that's work for him. Right. His job is to keep people out of the pool. Right. So your way of showing him love, other than, of course marrying him is to just never go to the pool again (laughs) right okay let's start talking about some uh, stories that are doing the rounds at the moment by the way digiamerica.com is our website if you want to hear any of the uh, previous episodes of this show or purchase one of our lovely did you america t-shirts or vote for song of the day all of that stuff exists on the uh, the website for this podcast, didyouamerica.com. Uh, there's some cancel culture stuff. Now, Seth Rogen, big hero of Jeremy's, I think I'm right in saying the only book that you've ever read in full is the latest book by Seth Rogen, no, right? Excuse me, sir. It's the second book I've ever read in full. The first one was... Cheech and in, Chong? It was Private Parts Howard Stern <laughs> oh, okay. when I was in middle school. <laughs> okay, so... Then- <laughs> I did not complete a book from middle school until I turned 29. What is Seth is Seth Rogen's book about his life? Yeah, it's a memoir, but it's a collection of short stories. It's actually the easiest read of all time, and the book is absolutely hysterical. Here's the thing, though. Before we get into the cancel culture thing, my whole life, well, not my whole life, when Seth Rogen started to blow up and I became a pothead in high school, every single person I met, no matter what, would be like, "Oh, oh, my God, you're so much like Seth Rogen. I get it. I have an annoying laugh. I'm Jewish. I smoke weed. They but don't know. That, they don't know Walter Becker. I, exactly. <laughs> I don't look like Seth Rogen. Even when I had shorter hair, like I never really looked like him. I guess I kind of seem like him if you get to know me. But I always kind of took offense to this. Like, what? Just because I'm a Jewish stoner, I have to be like Seth Rogen? Screw you! And then I read this book, and I shit you not, me and Seth Rogen, up until the point he became famous have lived the exact same life. Is it giving you hope? It's giving me hope that, oh my God, I might make it one day. Maybe I won't be such a lazy schlub. 
<laughs> so it's kind of you. Well, this is a sign of a good book because you were buying it out of interest because you like his comedy and are interested in his life. And for you, it's turned into a self-help tome. Yeah, literally. I read it on the plane to Colorado on the plane back and it was easy enough. Now I don't know what to do with it, though. What do you do with a book once you finish it? Well, now he's come out in favor of council culture. Burn it. Whoa. <laughs> it, I mean... I don't think he was in favor of cancel culture. Seth Rogen. I just think he more is okay with it. Seth Rogen. I don't know whether he went to Shitsville or he was on Zoom from a proper country and was talking to a TV show in Shitsville. But this is, I think, important for the context because he said this on Good Morning Britain, which is the TV show in Shitsville that Piers Morgan used to be on until the whole Prince Harry, he didn't believe what Meghan Markle thing blew up and then he walked off the show. Right. Everyone knows that story. So, of course, that well, a couple of things. First of all, you can't say shit in Shitsville that's in any way opinionated because everyone gets upset. That's why that fucking idiot, Prince Harry, was on the Oprah interview a couple of weeks ago talking about how shocking he finds the First Amendment. Remember that? We didn't do that on the podcast, no, but if you're unfamiliar... I, I, I don't remember it because we didn't discuss it. <laughs> well, no, but that was a thing. Because he seems to just... He basically now seems to... I thought the Oprah interview was a one-off show. It now seems to be a whole new series. Oh, right? just, they keep talking. They're just... Yeah, it's called Keep Talking with Oprah and Harry. Oh, that sounds terrible. And, uh, and, and about two weeks ago, he was basically saying that um, the, uh, the First Amendment is just shocking to him because he thinks it allows people to talk about the fact that he's whinging and whining and moaning and also gives people the freedom to suggest that maybe they don't believe everything that his wife has said about the royal family, which, of course, he's horrified for because if you say anything against her, you're a racist. See... Piers Morgan on <laughs> right. Good Morning Britain. Um, I wasn't going to talk about the Prince Harry thing. My, my, when I was reading all this bullshit Prince Harry was saying about the First Amendment, my, my, I was thinking, well, first of all, you don't have to be here. Remember, you moved here for a quieter life. You could always go back to Shitsville, uh, where, where a lot of them don't like you now because you're tearing apart the royal family. And secondly, if you don't like the First Amendment as a stupid fucking Brit, imagine what he's going to be like when he discovers what the Second Amendment says. You're, you know, you're going real hard against Harry right now, but you should love Harry. He did the exact same thing that you did. He realized that England sucks and he moved to America. I'm fine with that, but then don't move to America and start moaning about all of the attention that you're getting when it's the attention that you don't want. You just want to, he just wants to pick and choose. He comes from a very see this whole thing coming from the royal family, and they're fucked up, right? I said that I don't particularly side with one or the other because I think that uh, Meghan Margle has totally Yoko Ono the royal family, but they're a really messed up family, so she saw an opportunity and she's exploited it so I've kind of got no sympathy with the royal family because they're so messed up and they should have kept their own family and their house in better order because of what they represent um, versus uh, the, you know, I also don't have any sympathy with their side of it because they're whinging and whining and moaning and everything that they say that they went, they left the UK to get away from, they're now desperately sucking up in the States because they can't sign too many interview or podcast deals, except that when they get some attention from people disputing what they're saying or disagreeing with it, they go, oh, no, 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 we don't like this. So it, what you're doing is you come from a very privileged background where you could have everything you wanted 
Then you decided that you actually wanted to step away from being the royal, being in the royal family, but retain some of the privileges. Now you want to come to America and you just want the bits of America that you like, but you want to talk crap about the rest of it. That's what I have a problem with. With this segment was about Seth Rogen. Do you remember saying, that? This is clearly why Seth Rogen came out in favor of cancel culture while on Good no, Morning Britain. No, because he knew this is what happens when you do bad things in Britain. You get canceled forever. So he's trying to solve this. You'd be like, hey guys. I love this stuff. Kill right, everyone. right. No, I think it goes deeper than that. First of all, yes, there is. Uh, there, I think there is some validity to the point that you just made. He was on the show in Shitsville that uh, Piers Morgan walked off of because he dared to share an opinion that wasn't just, oh my God, I can't believe what terrible life Harry and Meghan are having and the royal family are just terrible, right? So that's what, that's what happened. But Seth Rogen is on the same TV show uh, a couple of days ago, attacking comedians for whining about council culture rather than owning their horrific or terrible jokes. And, and he basically said that there are some jokes and uh, types of comedy in his movies in years gone by that maybe if you saw them now wouldn't be so acceptable. Now everyone's on a race to virtue signal and be the most woke possible in 2021. And what I think Seth Rogen is doing here are two things. First of all, I think he's, he's what basically what he's doing is he's doing a Jimmy Kimmel, right? He knows that he's done some things that would be considered cancelable in 2021, even though as little as maybe five or six years ago, they were absolutely fine in the movies. So because he's an excruciatingly liberal member of Hollywood, the same as Jimmy Kimmel, he has to go even more liberal than he naturally is because he's terrified that he's going to be cancelled for something that was perfectly acceptable five years ago. Jimmy Kimmel, case in point, was very, very Hollywood liberal, right? And then suddenly all these pictures of him in blackface came out and he went, oh my God, I'm going to take the summer off, but it was planned. <laughs> and then apparently he makes so much money for his network, he was okay, that he got away with all of the blackface in the past and just took the summer oh, off. Okay, and, hold on. Hang on. And since then, since then, he has been Hollywood liberal times 10 because he's still so concerned that there were some things like on that man show and things that he did in the past that could still be unearthed. So should any of that be dragged up as we we're now in the era of everyone wanting to cancel everything. He can go, but no, look at what I did that was so, 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 so super liberal squared on my show last week. It's like he's earning points now to detract from anything that he could be held accountable for, justifiably or unjustifiably in his past. That is totally what Kimmel's doing. And that is what Seth Rogen was doing on Good Morning Shitsville two one, days ago. You're the one making it into a whole extreme liberal thing. That's not what's good. First of all, Jimmy Kimmel, you're acting like he just went around wearing blackface. That's not what happened. It was in a comedy sketch that he wore in a time where it wasn't a super the craziest thing in the world to see that happen. And then someone posted it in 2021. And the reason why he didn't react to it is because when you react to it, that's when an issue gets dredged up. But you're going to talk about him as he's this extreme left wing, mm -hmm. extreme liberal. And yes, I understand he's 
talked politics on his show quite a bit, and you don't always agree with those politics. Yes. But you said it yourself. Look at what he's done throughout his career. He's had plenty of raunchy, uh, toe-the-line moments, especially with the man show as what he became famous right. for. Seth Rogen's the exact same way. Seth Rogen isn't saying, oh my God, I have all these things uh, in my past. I don't want you guys focusing on them, so I'm going to act like I'm so pro this. That's going to make people focus on more. He's simply saying, yeah, back in the day, I did some things that I regret. Who cares? I'm moving on. I'm not focusing on no, it. No, he, yeah, what he's doing is trying to get out of the potential stuff that could come back around that he could be canceled for now by no. going, no, 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 he, I'm fine with the cancel. No, look it's at, a... Look at Bruce Springsteen. The moment he was in a, in a commercial, what did everyone do? Everyone started digging, and they found he got a DUI. So if Seth Rogen comes out and says, I'm pro-cancel culture, they're going to start digging. He knows that. No, he's exactly, no. And he's basically saying, I own it, so let's just move on Which from it. Which is what everyone should do. And I agree, but at the same time, he's supporting all of the cancel culture. So he's going, you go ahead, you do it, just try, don't try and cancel me. It's a double bluff. And the other thing that he's bluffing for as well is the fact that he did so much stuff with James Franco, and James Franco's kind of like heading towards Marilyn Mansonville at the moment. And I don't know whether those claims are true or false that's now he's like i'm gonna distance myself from that i'm gonna distance myself from yeah yay for cancel culture what he should be doing is saying that he did some stuff and maybe it was it's it's wrong today maybe it's just people being overly sensitive but you should within reason be able to make jokes about everything but no he's doubling down on it just like kimmel because they're terrified of the stuff they did in the past could be cancelable so they want to go even more super left and virtual signaling because they think that puts them in a not a safe space a safer space i don't know maybe i'm biased because i'm a fan of seth rogan but i didn't i'm read not saying i'm quotes. not I, I didn't read those quotes and think he's supporting or is in favor of cancel culture in every context i think he's saying when it's deserving yeah you should lose your career you know when you're bill cosby when you're harvey weinstein you should lose your no, career no, no, no. but when you're Aziz Ansari, maybe you should have a second chance. No, he's talking he's about... He's not saying no, every single person. I quote here, horrific or terrible jokes. He's talking about jokes that people made, not things like Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein did. They're completely separate things. Okay, I understand that, yes. You're right. You're right in that case. In that scenario, yes. He is saying the jokes are bad, but... Sometimes jokes are really bad. I'm this, so now you're on my side of the argument. I'm saying you should own that and say that you did it. He's basically flying the flag to say I did it. So please don't come and attack me. And now I'm going to spend the rest of my time propagating Wait. a whole load of liberal theory because I'll oh, get the council so culture you, you people want, on side. You want people to own it and get past it. And when he owned it and got past it, you're now upset with him? Because he's saying that people deserve to be taken down and make all of these apologies and supporting the council culture for it. That's what he's saying. Okay. That's my point. Um, Piers Morgan was unavailable for comment. <laughs> Sharon Osbourne unavailable for yeah, comment. no. I don't think we're going to be hearing from them anytime soon. Uh, but I'm sure the people on Good Morning Shitsville were like, oh, this is so good. This is exactly what we want to hear, 100%. Um, John Cena. Oh, there's more cancel culture. John Cena, <laughs> you think we're done with cancel culture? Uh, John Cena apologized to China, and everyone's, everyone's justifiably mad at him, I think, right? What did he do for China? I he think he called a, a 
place that wasn't a country a country? I'm not really sure. It seems like something you don't have to apologize for, but I, I get why he did it. Um, It's solely because he has a crazy amount of fans in that part of the country. And this happened last year with the NBA. They had uh, one of the general managers of the Houston Rockets came out in support of... I think it was Taiwan. I don't know. I don't know China Asian politics, but he came and came out in support of some part of China. Right. China got upset and stopped showing NBA games. That's a huge part of the NBA's business. And then now, anytime uh, one of these uh, more liberal owners get into a Twitter argument with a. Pol- right-wing political figure the first thing the right-wing political figure always does is well why don't you tell us why you support china right and an nba owner can't say anything because they know that they're gonna lose billions of dollars so if they come much out against money china. so john cena is simply looking at this and says well i'm not trying to lose billions of dollars so he uh, upset china by referring to taiwan as a country while he was promoting fast and furious nine the most shocking thing when i took i become a part of this franchise well the most shocking thing i took from this was that they, they They've made nine. That's insane. I saw the first two, skipped three, saw Tokyo Drift, and said, I've had enough of this. So he posted an apology in Chinese. Oh, God. And actually, well, I mean, you see, we you could say that these things like this divide the country, but both liberals and conservatives have actually uh, got kind of mad at him for capitulating to China. I mean, I don't I don't think we need to spend ages discussing this because we had such a fun time do, do, dishing out the dirt on Seth Rogen. But I do think it shows... How, like you said, these big enterprises, be it the NBA or Hollywood, they 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 need China because they need the Chinese money. And I just think it's something to note when certain people start being all virtue signaling about certain things. That actually, when it comes to the money situation, particularly with a place like China, where there's all kinds of slave labor and terrible stuff going on, suddenly they'll go, oh, no, 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 but we need to keep them on side, don't upset them. I mean, for a start, this video where he's uh, where he's, he's dishing out his apology, bearing in mind what type of place China is, can you imagine how that video of John Cena is gonna be re-edited by the Chinese government <laughs> and used as propaganda oh, for their people right but apparently for the money that he's going to be making for uh f9 um it's all worthwhile uh yeah i uh if this is all too heavy by the way people cock talk's coming <laughs> don't worry cancelable cocks <laughs> yes go on <laughs> i don't know i just think again it's it's a weird situation because his his motives were so business oriented i i think that kind of I don't know if it makes it okay, but it kind of makes it more understandable, in my opinion. Like, I don't know. I think it's, sure, it's annoying that, you know, he had to do it. And sure, he's now looks like he's in favor of China rule. I don't know. I I just, I understand not wanting to lose a ton of money. I think it's, for me... If, If someone came up to me and said, hey, you should say I'm in favor of this Cambodian dictator for $2 billion... I might think about coming out in favor of that dude. Part two of uh, Did You America is brought to you by a Cambodian dictator. Do they have dictators in Cambodia? I think they used to. I think it's now a popular if holiday this was 1950 result. 1950, and someone <laughs> said. <laughs> 
1950, even half a million for us to be sponsored by a Cambodian dictator. And we'd be taking that Cambodian dollar if that's the currency. I think they have dollars in, there. Yeah, in, that in, makes sense. In Cambodia. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, Cock Talk, another celebrity that we almost killed. And... Um, is it time to bring back Celebrity Deathmatch with Richard Marks and Senator Rand Paul? There's a, there's, a, there's a tease for you. We'll get to that in part two of Did You America? Don't forget uh, the website for this show. If you want to hear any of the old bits, vote for Song of the Week or get one of our lovely T-shirts, didyouamerica.com. Okay, let's do part two of Did You America? Little uh, reminder of Song of the Week. We choose three tracks for you to vote for. They're all new, recently released uh, this week. Uh, your three choices are Loss of Control by Mr. Bungle. Stun a Man by Birdman, Lil Wayne, and Roddy Rich, And Stop Making This Hurt by Bleachers. You can vote at didyouamerica.com or there is a poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Camfield on Twitter. So once again, my choice, Loss of Control by Mr. Bungle. Uh, Jeremy has uh, Stun a Man by Birdman uh, with Lil Wayne and Roddy Rich, And New York producer's choice, Stop Making This Hurt by Bleachers. Poll at uh, Ian Canfield on Twitter or go to didyouamerica.com. That's also where you can uh, send us a message if you want to uh, talk to us about anything on the show or buy one of our lovely Did You America t-shirts. Um, listener and concerned citizen Mary sent me a message asking for an update on my dad. Oh. Although when people ask for an update on my dad, I don't know whether they're genuinely concerned or they just think he's so much of a fucking freak they want another story to make them laugh. That's it. B. Part B. <laughs> I, I, well, because the last time I think we spoke about my dad, it was about the fact that he had very high blood pressure and had to go to the doctors. Right, but you said that he, he got it under control. Well... Right? Oh. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, he went to the doctors and they uh, took it. He went for something else, just a routine checkup because he's 70 and they took the blood pressure and went, oh, my God. Um, and that's the worst thing you can do to my dad because literally anything stresses him out. And what my dad doesn't understand is that he is the most stressed person on earth. But when you try and tell him about all of the day-to-day -day ridiculous things that stress him out. He just goes, I'm not stressed, I'm not stressed. And I, <laughs> he and fights I, you on, he's like, you're the one that's stressed, all right, man? So, uh, Mary, to answer your question, um, they put him on some tablets to try and get the blood pressure down. And um, he's bought one of these things from Amazon where he can take his own blood pressure. And uh, I, I think he's seen it decrease. But then he went back to the doctors this week for a proper checkup after having been on the tablets for two weeks, right? And the blood pressure went through the roof. Well, it's back to basically where it was before. But what my sister and I think is that uh, the reason his blood pressure really went back up a lot this week was because it was his grandson's fourth birthday. So on Wednesday, he had to do some things such as go to a farm and pat some animals and do things like a granddad would do with his four-year-old grandson on the day that he's four on his birthday. But in order to go to the farm, it threw my dad's schedule off because he'd normally do his grocery shopping on that day. And right. that, that is the kind of thing that's going to send his, his blood pressure sky high. See, I feel like your dad's a lot like me in that he'll celebrate the days that the blood pressure is really low by doing things that'll inevitably make the blood pressure go higher. Like I, you know, we've talked about a bunch. I've, uh, I'm currently trying to lose weight. And so my new thing is, is when I get on the scale, 
and I've hit a weight that I deem appropriate, right. I I ruin it by eating like an absolute pig. So last <laughs> night I stepped on the scale after my workout. I was like, nice, I'm down 15 pounds. Let's do this. Congratulations. Thank you. But then I gained at least four back because I finished my night with an ice cream sundae. Right. I, well, I just think my, my dad, he has no concept of what a sort of a regular type person he is. So he genuinely believes that he has no no stress right and um but here's an example of how stressed he is and, and i was i was facetime my sister earlier today and i was telling her this because it only really occurred to me that this would also play a role into his blood pressure so i facetime my dad once a week either on a saturday or a sunday he'll schedule me schedule me around premiership soccer when i and whenever i call him it'll normally be the evening his time so without fail, he's watching TV, right? And again, this is something that he does that A, he won't realize that he does this, and B, even if you point this out to him, he won't realize that this is him getting stressed and this isn't gonna be any good for his blood pressure. Because this, this, I guarantee you, if, if we were to record this podcast during the time, because it has to be a scheduled time, he loves routine, that I was scheduled to FaceTime him and, I, and we put the start of the FaceTime on the podcast, this would happen because it happens every fucking week, right? Ring, 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 ring picks up the phone, and then he goes, oh, hang on, let me just stop this, which means he's watching something on the TV, right? Then he picks up a remote. By the way, he has not changed his TV setup in 10, possibly 15 years in terms of it's the same TV, it's the same cable box. I think he still uses VCR. <laughs> uh, only because I was going to make a joke that he still has, like, the TiVo. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, on his remote, he's way earlier than that. <laughs> way earlier than that. He's got um, he's got cable, so th- what we know as modern day DVR. But he loves a bargain so much that he bought so many blank VCRs back in the day when you had to have VCRs and you re- you know you recorded right. you know on your video that he I I think I'm fairly certain that he still does double duty in his TV setup so some of his TV is recorded on the DVR and even though all of it could be recorded on the DVR he purposely records some on the VCR because he's got so many unused blank videotapes in his closet from when he did a bulk buy in 1999 he thinks if he doesn't carry on recording TV on the VCR the tapes are going to go to waste you think that that's crazy but we know what's going on with vinyl right now one day VHS is going to become popular and your dad is going to be a freaking millionaire. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't know because the like thing- episode four, season five of Columbo. Yes, I do have it, sir. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be recorded from the TV with the ad breaks. I don't like it. <laughs> it's one thing that if he collected a bunch of uh, officially released videos, like movies on video or the Columbo box set or whatever it is, I think he's got some of those as well. But to still use a VCR, and again, right? It shouldn't be something that's, that's stressful, but because everything stresses him out, of course it's more stre- stressful setting up the timer. Anyone remembers using a video, you gotta set up the timer, and then especially if it's sport, he loves sport, and the sport runs late. The video recorder doesn't know that, so he's gonna get stressed because he's only got half an Arsenal match because it went into overtime. Wait, so he'll even record sports? 
Yeah. That's insane. Right. That's insane. You can only watch sports live. If you try watching sports not live, it's totally wasted. No, 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 no. It's in his, to, to, to in his defense, he'll record because there'll be a bunch of matches on at the same time. So we'll watch oh, okay, one live. Okay. But it's ridiculous that the DVR knows, like magic, if any game runs late for whatever reason. So he could just record he likes Premiership Soccer, all Premiership Soccer on the DVR. But no, because he's stressed out about the fact there's probably still 35 unused blank video cassettes in his closet and he's got to get through them he'll start recording premiership and whatever on video anyway and that's not that's not as stressed as he gets this is how stressed he gets so that's his setup right that's his tv setup as you can imagine by the amount he's still using vcr it's not changed for at least 15 years right right? this is the start of every facetime conversation ring 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 he picks up the uh the phone Oh, by the way, I have to tell him, I have to send him a text message to tell him to turn on his laptop to get the FaceTime because he won't just have the laptop there plugged in. He thinks it's wasting electricity. Even though you call around the same time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Again, this is part of the procedure. If I don't send a text message to his phone to say I'm going to FaceTime you now, I'll just be ringing and it won't answer because, and I'll say, well, you, why have you, you go, well, I didn't have the computer on. You didn't tell me you were going to cause that, but it's, anyway. So this is the start. Ring, 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 ring. Pick up the, answer it on the laptop. All right, hang on. Let me just turn this off. And then I see him grab a remote, right? And as if he's shouting at a sporting event, but this is just him trying to operate the remote, trying to stop whatever he's currently watching because he's going to speak to me. He'll go, he'll go, come on, get off, get off. Hi. Are you? Have you got a horse in a race? It's like someone watching a horse race and they're. Ah, oh, why is it not working? Get off! Get! Off. I'm like, you're shouting at your remote. Which, if it was an old man trying to learn some new technology, I could kind of understand it. We've, I've just very much covered the fact this is the same remote for the same equipment he's been operating for the last fifteen years. Why is he having so much trouble turning down the volume? I don't know. Well, again, because I think that he's he's. I think he probably is confusing the remote for the DVR with the remote from the VCR because right, right, right. but still this is why I should have stuck to just the VCR (laughs) that that probably in his mind that probably is making sense so I'll I'll sit for a good 10 seconds while he shouts at his remote like it's a horse that he's willing to win a race but in actual fact it's just him trying to stop whatever he's watching on the tv before he has a conversation with his son and then i'll say oh how's your blood pressure and he go well i don't understand it i went to the nurse and it's still 180 blah blah blah. i'm not stressed (laughs) you're stressed oh so anyway mary if you are indeed a concerned citizen, that's an update on where things are with my dad's blood pressure. That's a thanks, solid update. thanks, thanks for asking. Do you, should we ask the drunk producer to come up with a, a little jingle for, for for dad news as well as cocktail? We should. But by the way, they're definitely any of this within the next three years. <laughs> Because they are definitely two separate segments. My dad's never going to be a part of Cock Talk, no. all right? Just, just so you know. There Unless are... he buys a chicken, that's not going down. <laughs> well, you say that. Uh, I also have to thank our uh, faithful listener, Chad, who uh, enjoys the show so much. Sometimes he does some art for the show. And uh, although we have no jingle for Cock Talk, we do actually have a logo for it, which was a cock, as in a chick, sitting in a seat 
that looks like a setup for a uh, late night TV show. I sent you yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, it was awesome. So, uh, Chad, thank you very much. Chad, uh, very talented. Yeah, very, very talented. And I am, uh, we are both uh, very grateful for your submission for a logo for Cock Talk, just in case it ever gets so intensive and we have to do a whole spin off podcast called Cock Talk. That will be the logo. The moment we make a Cock Talk t shirt, we're sending you one, Chad. <laughs> All right. So, this is sort of verging on Cock Talk. Uh, there is a arrest warrant out for Marilyn Manson. And when I first saw this story, I went, oh, now it's got even more serious if that's possible. Until I read that. In comparison with a lot of the allegations against Marilyn Manson, which may or may not end up in court, we're not sure about those yet, this actual arrest warrant is for the most menial thing ever. What is that? So a videographer who was filming or taking pictures of a Marilyn Manson show in New Hampshire is claiming that they want somewhere in the region of $35,000 from Marilyn Manson because some of Marilyn Manson's spit came into contact with their arm. Now, I don't know, obviously I wasn't there, and I can't speak for how traumatized the person with the camera was, but it sounds to me a bit like Marilyn Manson was performing, and if you're sent there to take photos or get video of the show, you have that amount of time that you're allowed to be in the front row where all of the photographers go. And some of Marilyn Manson's spit while he was singing one of his songs landed on the photographer and the photographer went, that's a lawsuit, 35 grand, Mr. Warner, please. But wasn't, didn't I see there was a arrest warrant out for no, him? No, there isn't a arrest warrant for it's this. A, that's what I'm saying. How the, is the, that against the law? Well, I guess it, it, technically it's illegal if you can prove that Marilyn Manson was spitting on him with intent, but surely Marilyn Manson's defense is going to be, no, I was just spitting while I was singing. I couldn't help it, and you were, unfortunately, in the trajectory. Last night there was a playoff basketball game, the Knicks versus the Atlanta Hawks, and a fan at Madison Square Garden in New York literally spit on a player from the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young, and all that happened was... The Knicks put out a statement like, yeah, he's banned from the stadium. He's not getting arrested. He's not going to jail. That's a classic case of taking advantage of a rich celebrity and, you know, trying to use them as an example, if you ask me. If you were Marilyn Manson with, I mean... Which I am. If you were Marilyn Manson and you were uh, thinking about all of the other allegations that are against you, I mean, such as the most recent one from an ex-assistant claiming that Marilyn Manson tried to cut her with a Nazi knife, do you think Marilyn Manson's thinking, all right... If I plead guilty to spitting on the photographer, can we make the rest of it go away? Yeah, yeah, like this seems to be this is like, a good yeah, that one. This I'm, one, I'm this one. Of that one. Get me to New Hampshire <laughs> immediately, if not sooner. So I, like most Americans, did not read the article. I just saw arrest warrant for Marilyn Manson. Immediately assumed that you know it was going to be for the really bad it was stuff. Be for the best, of we'd have a great topic for talk, cock talk. I mean, well, I mean, it does kind of uh, infringe on cock talk because I've mentioned before. Before, that uh, when Marilyn Manson uh, was, you know, doing interviews and performances when he was clearly out of his mind, I was one of the people that interviewed him back in Shitsville. Um, and there is a picture of me and Marilyn Manson online. And unfortunately, um, it's from the waist up. So you can't see what's going on from the waist down. But during the, we were going to have a, uh, this photo taken, which is on the interwebs. 
And uh, while that picture was being taken, Marilyn Manson grabbed my balls. What? So, I mean, again, nowhere near as serious as a lot of the allegations that are against him, but kind of as serious as some of the allegations. I mean, I kind of have a Me Too case, and I don't know if I go, look, the, the picture was taken from the waist up, so you can't see where his hands were. But I tell you, and there's a look on my face where I'm not enjoying this. Oh, well, right, you enjoyed it. I... You tried to you tried to come against cancel culture. Now you're all for canceling Marilyn Manson for a nice little ball grab. But he definitely did in that photo. We were getting the photo taken, and, and he and he went uh, he, he he went to grab my balls. So that is I mean that's a very tenuous connection to cock talk. But it but actually no, there's there's another connection to cock talk for this as well because this does remind me of a Marilyn Manson. Um, court case that came about several years ago. Now, this was way before we know all of the allegations that are against Marilyn Manson now, where, and it was again, uh, I don't, I can't remember whether it was, it was either a security guard or a photographer, but again, someone who would be in the front row right up by the stage. And uh, they took Marilyn Manson to court because they claimed that during the show, his genitals made contact with their head. And not that he got his dick out, but I think because if you imagine like Marilyn Manson on stage moving to the front of the stage, and let's say it was the security guard, they've always they've got their back to the to the to the stage because they're watching the crowd, right? I think Marilyn Manson moved forward and the insinuation from the security guard was he deliberately rubbed his private area on the security guard's was, head. Was there a court case for that as well? There was a court oh case my for God. that. I think I have a court case. I am going to leave this person nameless just in case, but once upon a time when I was in college, I may have been playing pickup basketball with some people when some players from on the basketball team of the school I went to decided to join in on the pickup game. Right. I, uh, for a, I tell people this all the time. For a short, fat, unathletic Jewish kid, I am fucking incredible at basketball. Like, the best you've ever seen. You're like a team secret weapon. Exactly. Maybe a little bit too confident, though. So, at one point, I was kind of hanging back on defense, and all of a sudden, the, the guy who was on the college basketball team had a clear path towards the hoop. Now, like any normal pickup game, the person on defense just kind of get out of the way, let them have an easy bucket. Yeah. That was not me, though. I said, this is my moment to shine against this college basketball star. Let me stand in the way and get you know play some defense. At which point, he leapt up in the air, jumped completely over me, except for the fact that his penis slapped me against the forehead <laughs> through his shorts. I felt it as he was dunking the ball over me. I fell to the ground, left the gym, and never, ever returned out of embarrassment. But now, hey, NBA contract, I think I might be able to get some money out of it. Well, maybe you should bring that up. And uh, much like the case of Megadeth Dave Ellison, which there has been a development in, and we'll get to that in a second, I would venture that uh, probably the the only kind of, well, maybe it isn't all so bad aspect that this unnamed person has in that story is that if you felt him whack you with your penis, he's probably quite big. It was huge. I'm not even going to lie. It was huge. I'm trying to remember. I think the... The outcome of the Marilyn Manson, he put his balls on my head 
case. Was that his last album? <laughs> yeah, that was the tour after he dressed up as a Nazi on stage. <laughs> oh, right. I put my that, balls on his head tour. That was the tour when he was just using the Nazi knife on stage rather than at home. <laughs> right. Um, oh, it's just a letter opener. <laughs> um, I think the... Um, I think they settled out of court, but my defense from Marilyn Manson was, because I think this was during the, the era where he was really fucked up and quite often doing performances where he was out of his mind. Also, that is from the era where he started to get very out of shape. He probably just needed a sit down because- <laughs> I the, get that. Right, right. It was like, I wasn't intentionally putting my balls on your face. I, th th it was a big stage. It was several paces to get from the backstage to the front of the stage. And I wore myself out. The only way I could continue tonight's performance of the beautiful people is if I sat on your head. Not a sexual thing, just an out of shape thing. <laughs> brought a whole new definition to sit on my face. <laughs> well, the, the last time I saw him um, was a couple of years ago in Phoenix, and again, pre all of these allegations. And it was, I'd seen him be terrible because he was out of shape, but also like more so clearly out of his mind on stage. Um, this last show that he did, he looked better, and he was in better shape, but st still not good. There was still kind of a more of a huffy puffy Marilyn Manson. Right. But he'd, um, installed this rot rotating chair at the back of the stage because he's bit kind of like a Game of Thrones type thing. I think that was probably right. the inspiration. Now, the introduction to the show was kind of this chair appearing on stage and it swivels around and there's Marilyn Manson and then he gets up out of the chair. And as, as, as an opening piece, it was very impressive. But I can't, couldn't help but notice that about six songs into the set, he then just kind of went back and sat in the chair. And I think that was like, fuck me, I'm out of breath after the six songs. Keep the chair at the back. I know we said it would just be for a big intro, but I can't sit on the fucking security's head again because otherwise I've got a lawsuit against me. So, you know, and it was, it was just after that time when Dave Grohl had the throne on stage, but that I mean, was because he, right. he busted his leg. Marilyn Manson kept the chair at the back in case he needed to sit down. See, I think that's genius. When I was attempting to uh, be a stand-up for a little bit back in the day, I was always upset because I would get very tired on stage. and Just sure, standing. I thought about sit-down comedy, <laughs> just pop up. That I even thought about lay-down comedy. Just get out a mattress, like an air mattress. doesn't have to be a full-on mattress and just... Do your jokes from the ground. I think uh, getting out a mattress in 2021 council culture might be a bit too far. Can I suggest a yoga mat? And then you can lead, okay. into, then lead into a load of fat jokes by going, I'm not about to do yoga during this stand-up routine. I'm just a fat cunt. I'm getting back on the road, folks. <laughs> So, uh, final thing for... Uh, we definitely need a jingle for Cock Talk. Uh, final thing on Cock Talk, um, Dave Ellefson, the bassist who got kicked out of uh, Megadeth because uh, uh, someone posted uh, various videos of him on Twitter with his wang out, pleasuring himself to completion. Um, and it turned out that he was doing it to a 19-year-old fan. Not anything underage, not any grooming. She was encouraging it. But obviously, I, I think, as we said in the previous episode, the uh, embarrassment aspects of this has made um, Dave Mustaine decide that um, he can't have Dave Ellison in Megadeth because he doesn't want to take them out on the road and, you know, Megadeth to become mega jizz, mega jerk, insert your jizz own... Jerk or whatever. Insert your jizz jerk joke. 
here. Right. That's what Dave Mustaine didn't want. So he's like, Dave Ellison can't be in the band anymore. Dave Ellison is now actually going to court himself or going to attempt to because he's claiming revenge porn. Wow. Because his uh, version of the situation is that, yes, he was, uh, you know, he got his wang out and you can see everything to completion in various videos and they were sent to someone and she then shared those videos with other people and one of those uh, other people then posted them online and I think I don't know how it stands legally but he probably does have a kind of case for revenge porn because initially the person who posted the videos online wasn't just going oh look here's the guy from Megadeth with his dick out he was claiming that it was grooming and underage and all this kind of stuff which the person who was the intended recipient of the videos uh, said that it absolutely wasn't so I guess in the eyes of the law there you can claim revenge porn because whoever posted it was was posting i guess with malicious intent well hold on here now i did go to college for seven years but i assure you i am not a lawyer however i'm pretty sure that these laws for revenge porn were put into place for generally guys sharing photos of women and their naked bodies that you know they right. were set unfairly now, I'm pretty sure written into the rules, it says it only counts for guys if they have a small dick. <laughs> and so as we know from these videos, he cannot claim revenge porn. And that would be, if I was the woman's lawyer, that would be my case. Because <laughs> if, if, you if you're a guy and you have a big dick, you want it out there for the world to see. That's not a bad thing. There's videos online of everyone seeing he's going to have girls knocking left and right. Well, so he can't play bass in Megadeth anymore. <laughs> oh, his life is going to be terrible because 30 years after their prime, he can't play bass in Megadeth anymore. Well, I he well, can join our canceled Iced Earth supergroup, though. That's true. Yeah, when the guy from Iced Earth gets out of jail, which might just be enough period of time for the Dave Ellison. Don't forget the Cannibal Corpse guy. Well, he's not going to jail. No, the other one, the the one, not the one with the neck, the one that used to be in the band. We have oh, another story about yeah, the, the yeah. one, the one that set fire to his neighbor's house because because he was one. on a trip. Yeah, and don't now charge for Marilyn Manson. The band. Is I mean, they are, they are. The jizz jerkers they, are going to rock. The jizz jerkers will indeed rock. They're going to be the ultimate trio. They're going to be the heavy metal version of the Bee Gees, <laughs> uh, which is funny because there's quite a bit in those Dave Ellison videos where he's going ah, 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 kind of little little <laughs> jerking joke. Oh was that funnier? <laughs> Good. Because you because good. because you did an edible, edible ninety minutes ago, joke. yeah, I think Everyone it probably in the podcast that's not that, on an edible, which is only like twenty percent of our audience right now. Is like, like, what the fuck is he talking? That, was, about? that wasn't a funny joke. So yeah, I mean, I, as I, say, I think the thing with his, and again, neither of us are lawyers, so we, we can't cast any kind of uh, legal eye over this. But I do think the thing that he's going to claim with the revenge porn is because it wasn't just someone posting the videos, going, "Look, this is the guy from Megadeth with his wang out." It was someone claiming all of these uh, things that turned out to be proved that weren't true like the grooming and underage etc etc and as a result of this he's lost his job in Megadeth maybe he has a case for revenge porn maybe not I mean in the eyes of the law maybe there is a case for revenge porn in the eyes of the world bearing in mind that he's a pastor I think you just look at this and go you are a stupid rock star and a bad Christian I don't know all I'm saying is he better bring a ruler to court <laughs> 
Also, this may- I love the idea of you being on the other side of there and going, okay, I'm just going to break out Drop this. Trow, sir. <laughs> it's like the ultimate episode of Perry Mason where the, <laughs> where the, where, where the big gotcha is getting out a tape measure and going, okay, can I just measure your cock, please? <laughs> Also, this is absolutely nothing, and it's definitely because I'm on the edible, but the way you just said pastor because of your accent, I thought you said pasta, and now I can't see Dave Ellison not as a giant piece of spaghetti while he plays bass and jerks off. Right. Well, yes. he wasn't in the best shape, to be honest. Okay, so like what? One of the, like a ZD? A bit top heavy. <laughs> okay, like In a, those videos. Like a bow tie pasta, got it. Got right, it. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, before we go today, uh, I just want to say that we almost killed the front man in Killing Joke, but um, I, I, I just, I'm very happy that we didn't because I'm a big fan of Killing joke and i'm especially a big fan of uh, jazz coleman who's their lead singer um if you don't know killing joke which a lot of people won't because they're one of those bands that have got a lot of credibility but they're like a band's band they inspired rather than having a lot of mainstream success they inspired other bands to form who had mainstream success um I guess their most famous song here in a proper country is is a song called 80s, which is basically the bass line from Come As You Are by Nirvana. Um, and it, it was... It, Nirvana ripped off 80s by Killing Joke so much for Come As You Are that this is a true story. Killing Joke, we're going to sue Nirvana for stealing their bass line. And the sort of settlement regarding this was that Dave Grohl got in touch with Killing Joke and went, no, please don't sue us. I mean, we can pay you, but I'm a big fan. And the trade-off was that Dave Grohl ended up drumming on a Killing Joke album back in the 2000s. Whoa. And, and that, yeah, so that, that made it all better. He did, so, by the way, Jazz Coleman, super intelligent and incredibly scary. Uh, Dave Grohl tells a great story about the first time he met Jazz Coleman for a sort of peace summit, as in, uh, I'll pay you, but maybe I'll drum on the album and, you know, that'll bring you to a whole new audience. Jazz Coleman lives part-time in New Zealand. And uh, so he arranged to meet Dave Grohl in a bar in New Zealand when Foo Fighters were touring over there. And Jazz Coleman turned up dressed as a priest and started doing some crazy sermons. As one does. That was the start of their legal mediating. I don't know if he then got out a tape measure and said, let me measure your dick. That's the only way. (laughs) Uh, But you you realize what you're doing right now. What? Well... I hate to break it to you, but we did not have the Jazz Coleman discussion on the podcast. We had the Jazz Coleman discussion before the podcast. Okay, so this is the thing. Here's the thing. If you're unfamiliar with this podcast, we do have, and it's nothing that I want to happen, but we have an unfortunate track record of um, talking about certain famous people, or I'll do something with someone slightly famous, and then something bad happens to them, right? killed Larry King. I haven't slept since that happened. (laughs) We did do a lot of Larry King content and then he died. It might have also been coincidence that he was very old. But having said that, there are other examples of people. I won't go into them, but quite often we talk about things and then something weird happens as a result. I call it our cosmic power. And in some cases, it's it's something good. In some cases, it's just like, wow, that's kind of weird cosmic power. Um... And in some cases, we seem to inflict bad things on people. I don't. I, yeah, I need to learn how to control my cosmic power. And now you're bringing up Jazz Coleman on the actual podcast. He's doomed. <laughs> well, to the story is apparently yesterday, Jazz Coleman from Killing Joke fell backwards off a boat oh into <laughs> into the sea during a fishing trip. 
and got rushed. Did he swim? Well, he got rushed to hospital and at one point was given a 50-50 chance of survival, but now he's doing okay. Now you do concern... Right back to 50-50 now, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, yeah, you do concern me because I sent you this text message before we were recording the podcast today and I said, oh my God, did we almost kill the singer from Killing Joke? And then you pointed out to me that... Our most recent discussion about Killing Joke was actually off air. It wasn't as part of the podcast. So that's maybe Harry's ended up on the right side of the 50-50 chance of survivor than not dead. Yeah, but not now I'm literally about to call my bookie. He's being added to my death pool. You don't I don't think you understand how strong our cosmic powers are. You sent me another story this week. We talked about the warp tour. Oh yeah. We talked about the warp tour on a recent podcast, and now there's a warp tour podcast being launched. We have way too much influence, and you, my friend, have just killed your friend Jazz. Maybe this is what. See, I. You know, when every every so often on this podcast, I talk crap about psychics because I don't buy into any of it. Every psychic, Are we psychic. Well, every psychic I've been to see. Right, and I go see them to wind them up, and sometimes it's like a little hobby I've got. If I have, uh, I used to do it a lot when I lived in Arizona, when friends would come to stay because I've got a bunch of friends that you know won't get out oh, of bed Mr. with popularity. It. I got a whole bunch of friends. Some friends, some of them won't get out of bed in the morning before they've read their horoscopes. And in in Scottsdale, in Arizona, near where I used to live, it's a big sort of psychic area. I used to, uh, I'll go look. Let's play a little game. You pay because I ain't paying for this shit. But you know, well, I'll take you out, show you Phoenix and Scottsdale and such like. We'll go to one of the psychics, and I'm never rude, but I play a little game where it's quite obvious that they can't be psychic to me because I see through all their bullshit. Now, every time I've done that, I say every time. This has happened twice. But on the two occasions I've done that. Every time. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is every time. Yeah. God, you really are talking like a legal expert today. I'm I think it, you, if, I went to school for seven years. It was for something. I think seven years of school and on the days you've had an edible right, right before the podcast, suddenly you become like a legal eagle. Should I do this every day? You start... Well, you do. You just don't <laughs> tell me. You start fighting against my views on Jimmy Kimmel and now you've got like the defense exactly. for Dave Ellison. <laughs> anyway, so every time I go to see a psychic on the two occasions they always say to me and you know you you've you've got it i'm like what the fuck have i got what are you saying <laughs> how dare you sir <laughs> like i've been to the doctor I'm several like, times i thought morning. you were a psychic not an std test <laughs> and they go and they go no You've got psychic power, but you you know that, don't you, right? And again, and I never say this to them because I always promise my friends who buy into the psychic bullshit that I won't be rude. But in my head, I'm thinking, no, you just say that because you want to deflect the fact that I'm not giving you any clues in what I'm saying or in my body language so you can't do a proper psychic reading on me because you have no psychic ability whatsoever. That, to me, is one of the typical comebacks of a psychic. If they've got a, if they've got a nuisance client that's not giving them the telltale signs, They'll go, oh, you're psychic. And then it makes the clients, it's like the last ditch attempt to make the, uh, the client give something away. What I'm saying is, is when you throw up things like, oh, previous episode, I'm trash talking Warp Tour. Suddenly, Kevin Lyman, who ran Warp Tour, has got his own podcast. Previous podcast episode, off air, 
I'm telling a story about Jazz Coleman from Killing Joke. We didn't do it on air, so it's not enough to kill him, but he had a 50-50 chance of survival in the last 24 hours. Maybe this maybe that this is the first indication that I'm thinking maybe the psychics are right about that. We mentioned Cannibal Corpse once, and there was days of Cannibal Corpse news. It came to something. I mean, Cannibal Corpse are never the band that you expect to read a story about whereby the guitarist is telling you how much he donates to kids' charities because he's so good at the claw machine and he's just got a surplus of toys that he gives to kids' charities. It is the most unlikely Cannibal Corpse story that you'll read, but I guess that did happen after we spoke about Cannibal Corpse on this podcast. kids can thank us. You're welcome, sick kids. Yeah, boys and girls club of wherever Cannibal Corpse came to visit. Stay in the hospital and leave me alone. All right, I uh, I think we're done for today. Um, I said I've got a million stories I could tell you about Jazz Coleman from Killing Joke, but maybe we'll do them on a, on another day. Oh, I will we'll do it on his obituary next week. <laughs> oh God, we'll throw this in. Um, I, Jazz Coleman's one of these people who's got is full of conspiracy theories. So I he claims he hasn't got a cell phone and doesn't use the internet and stuff like that. So I've got no direct way of sending him my best wishes. But I I messaged his producer who I think is talking to him um, earlier on. And I said, uh, you know, tell Jazz that I, you know, I hope that he has a speedy recovery. Absolutely don't listen to this podcast. And, um, and I said, because Jazz Coleman is he's a crazy man who's done a lot of crazy stuff during his time. I said he's led such a crazy life, it should not be a bizarre boating accident that, that, that right. kills him, right? <laughs> and this is how nuts the world of Killing Joke is. The producer texted me back and said, oh, I know. On the last album I produced, he had a toothache that almost killed him. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, think, I think a boat accident, if that's the case, is definitely the way to go. Either that or having some podcast kill you. Yeah, all right. Well, listen, Jazz Coleman, I'm uh, I'm really sending my very best. Um, if you want to vote for Song of the Week, you can do at didyouamerica.com or go to the poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Camfield on Twitter. If you want to send us any messages, you can do that also on the website or you can buy one of our lovely Did You America t-shirts. How lovely are they, Jeremy? Oh, so good on your nipples. Didyouamerica.com is the place for all of that. Thank you for listening to this one. Did we America today? Yes, we did. Yeah.